Grace and peace to you, everyone. Um, it's really good to be with you. And on today's podcast, we are diving deeper into our series uh, called Future Church, A Way of Life of the Church of the Future. And this past Sunday's sermon was titled A Community of Contribution in a Culture of Careerism. So, and on today's podcast, I'm here with my fellow staff member, Matt, and we're going to be hearing from two guests, congregants from our church, um, Elisa and Seth. And so before we're diving deeper, I just want to give Matt um, an opportunity to talk about anything he wish he could have had more time to talk about. There were a lot of topics in Sunday's sermon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a lot of things, and um, there were a lot of things that I wish I could have just, you know, done twice as much time to, yeah. you know, on it. But um, I would say uh, two big pieces that I am m- missed, missed the sermon one is um, that whole thing about how do you discern a vocation. Um, I, I come at the topic of vocation as a spiritual director. Like, that's like my training. Mm-hmm. I, you know, did a bunch of stuff on that. Jess, I know you're trained as a spiritual yeah. director too. Yeah. And, uh, and like part of what a spiritual director does is just use the spiritual gift of discernment as I sit with somebody and they keep asking the question, what is God doing in this situation? And what is he inviting you into? Mm-hmm. And discernment and vocation are completely connected Mm -hmm. so that's that's simple and clear enough i mentioned that in the sermon but how to discern a unique vocation uh that's where it gets interesting because i the one of the biggest pieces in my opinion that can tell us like direction Mm -hmm. is actually what are the things that um we have felt the most pain around Mm. and uh and therefore causes us to have the greatest compassion toward mm-hmm. right yeah. um like the the word that is used uh in the new testament to describe compassion like jesus saw them and had compassion it's like in greek it's like a twisting of the guts basically <laughs> like it's yeah. gut-wrenching yeah. to see and if we're trying to discern vocation part of what we need to pay attention to is what's gut-wrenching right like mm-hmm. what's the stuff that's like man this this uh, is like a, a thing I just really wish was different. Mm-hmm. And um, like I'm, it moves me to tears. It makes me angry. It like, you know, just gets me in the gut. So um, that's like one, one big piece that I would say missed, missed the sermon. Um, mm-hmm. I guess the second is uh, like more of the workplace dynamics mm-hmm. layer to mm-hmm. what does it look like to live out our vocation where we just get to, show up and love and serve our coworkers, and that's a huge chunk of what living out our calling looks like mm-hmm. is being with people showing them love in our places of work um i also think it's really valuable uh, especially especially like for christians to just be upfront about like being a christian in a place there's sometimes this weird shame that gets involved about mm-hmm. that where it's just like oh should i tell them i'm christian or not you know and uh, one that my friend Eliana, uh, one one line my friend Eliana <laughs> uses to like let everybody know she's a Christian when they're asking like, hey, what are you up to this weekend? She'll just say, um, like, oh, I- I'm volunteering in the Tenderloin with my church this weekend, and because that's what she does, mm-hmm. and it just kind of has this way of putting on the table like I'm a person yeah. of faith. Um, and I used to do improv in a theater here in San mm-hmm. Francisco, and there was always this awkward moment where I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a minister at a church. And <laughs> people would, like, say, 
you're kidding me. That is <laughs> you're not, not allowed possible. to be funny. Yeah. 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 yeah right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and like, so just those things that can just broach the topic and just <laughs> yeah. let you be yourself with people. Yeah. So, uh, those are two like small things. I'm sure we'll get into way more as we just have conversations with Seth and Elisa here. Yeah. Yeah. I would just say that's like a perfect segue to set up like talking to our two guests today. Um, we thought it was really important to bring in congregants, people who are not in full-time vocational ministry, like Matt and I and your fellow staff members. Sometimes I'm like, well, we can only add so much to vocation and we can talk about our personal stories. But I think what's more impactful is hearing about stories from people that we get to do life with that are in everyday regular jobs. So I think the two points that you brought up, Matt, are perfect segues because we are going to talk about those topics. So, um, but I'd love to introduce our first guest, Seth. You can say hey and tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> no pressure. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little about myself. Yeah. Um, uh, been coming to reality for almost a decade. Yeah. Almost a decade. It's uh, a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, never thought I would have found myself in a church in, in, to begin with, um, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I feel... Uh, I've, now I feel myself, uh, in, you know, just just trying to be more a part of it every day. So that's a strange um, turn of events in my life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, that I'm just like, uh, you know, endlessly grateful for. And um, to get to live in community with the two of you and, you know, and Danielle, uh, my wife, and um, just to be a part of this. Um, yeah, I think... Um, you know, a community, um, of, of believers in a city that like we live in who, um, you know, I, I, I really believe are trying our best to, to be real disciples of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. mm. So when you, uh, yeah, like Mm -hmm. I I know you're one of the people that I, I, like give a little shout out in my sermon too, just as people who I, I see as as weaving glory back into the world. And and you are uh, a chef and you are, you know, starting a fine dining restaurant mm. and uh, helping, helping create work for, for friends uh, in the restaurant industry and colleagues and, uh, you know, volunteering your time and stuff. But give us just a little background of how did that, become like the place for you to find outlet in your vocation? Mm, Yeah. Um, You know, I think it started, you know, several years ago, um, you know, when I was, I was running a restaurant group here in the city um, and I was just like very unhappy And I was just like, I was miserable. I mean, you were there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, those uh, were some dark years, yeah. my friend. It yeah. was just like, it was very painful. And, um, yeah. you know, I found myself often um, just feeling just, you know, in the restaurant, just feeling like I was on an island all by myself. Yeah. You know, trying to like lift the weight of everything that was going on around me on my shoulders. And, um, and really like, you know, feeling in that place um that you know like like this moment where like I couldn't tell um you know that God was with me 
Hmm. And I think the reason is at the time, I think I believe, I think the reason I was in this, um, you know, was be to, to, you know, because I wanted to be like famous or something, sure, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. I wanted to be the best chef, mm-hmm. you know, of, you know, whatever. The next the most, Bobby Flay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Emerald yes. Lagasse. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Just kidding. Uh, yeah. Mm. <clears throat> um, and, you know, and I like there was no like joy in that for me. There's no joy Mm -hmm. in, um, you know, that need to have things right. And like the idea that I was like, I was the one who is in control of whether or not these specific things happened. And also that everything that happened that I perceived as being wrong in that environment, um, as like a direct reflection of, who I am at the mm. core, right? Oh, so yeah. that like that I what we see and like what you you know talked a lot about is like how we identify as mm-hmm. what we do. Mm-hmm. And um and that is just like a painfully lonely mm. place to be. It is. And um and you know, I was actually at church it was it was a um, Sunday night gathering, RIP. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I just remember, you know, just kind of like just praying and listening and just really hear, like hearing very clearly God saying, um, you know, you would be happier doing my work. And I just like, wow. that's what it was. Wow. And I, I remember I ran to Lomas and I was like, brother, I don't know what just happened. I think I got to quit cooking and become a minister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I was all tripped out. Like, I don't know how to do anything else. Yeah. um, Oh, my God. And, you know. You know, I think you're saying something that is a common thing when people, like, think they're hearing something from God or whatever is this sense of now I need to leave everything behind Mm -hmm. and become a pastor. Right. Like that's the only outlet for a vocation. And that's just a lie. That's not how it actually works. Totally. And, um, and uh, you know, and (laughs) like after the storm settled and Mm -hmm. I did, I thought about it a lot. I was like, Danielle, what am I going to do next? Like I got, you know, um, and I realized, uh, you know, I mean, God like has been working on me for a very long time Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, God knows what, what's inside and what's going on and the ways in which I was made to be capable of certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's been, you know, honing those things to do something with them. Mm. And so it, you know, it wasn't that I needed to, to, um, you know, become a pastor. (laughs) Right. It was that, um, I needed to start my ministry, Mm. you know? Mm. And for me, that is in hospitality. Mm. (laughs) You know, and, um, you know, and everything about what I love in restaurants and what, you know, what in hospitality and what they're capable of, um, you know, they're like at, at its core, it's a, you know, it's a place to practice being of service to each other, you mm-hmm. know, and teaching mm-hmm. people how to pay attention to each other, um, how yeah. to teach each other skills, um, mm-hmm. you know, how to just like, you know, practice loving um, through, through like 
serving mm-hmm. like there's literal like serving you, you watch to make sure that mm-hmm. the glass is full that's right, right. like and it yeah and it becomes so tactile and practical right 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 that's yeah cool. and it's just this you know this thing where there are so many so many different elements of how to be of service and really in hospitality you can practice so many of them mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's you know from the, the you know, from creating the bubble for the guests that's with you, um, you know, um, to remove them from whatever has been happening and just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. say, okay, like right now you're in our home and we're going to care for you yeah. Um, yeah. to like the real like work of um, teaching people life skills yeah. and ge- teaching them a trade. Mm-hmm. You know what? You tell, know? tell us more mm-hmm. about that. Cause I know that's like a really cool dimension of yeah. what being a chef in, according to your, your calling with God as a minister, mm-hmm. it looks like. Yeah. Tell us more about how that shows up. Well, I mean, you know, for me, like, you know, it has a lot to do with, like, where I come from. I I think that I was given, like, speci- I've been, um, what's the best way to say this? I had a specific life path, which, <laughs> which yeah. um, uh makes me uniquely qualified to, I think, reach, um, you know, certain groups of people that not even everybody feels comfortable reaching mm-hmm. or a mm-hmm. lot of people wouldn't, you know, or just sure. like we write them off or whatever. Um, yeah. And because I literally am that person, yeah. um, you know, I feel like, um, you know, that's like God has called me to, um, you know, pay attention to those those people who have kind of, you know, nice. suffered the same things that yeah. I have mm-hmm. not suffered, but, you know, been through. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, yeah. So like, you know, having an eye towards, I mean, it's like what Jesus says, right? Like, it's like, um, it's about addressing, um, the disenfranchised and the poor, mm-hmm. uh, and changing, the structure and the dynamics that that create that reality for them, right? Yeah. yeah. And like, like the best way to do that is to bring people in and and teach them mm. how to take care of themselves. Mm. You mm. know. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so, so for me, it's like, how do we bring people in to the restaurant and teach them the skill at the highest level? Mm-hmm. Um, and then give them the, you know, the opportunity to make the decision for themselves. Mm-hmm. Cause the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the freedom of the decision-making is like where, you know, that's, that's where, um, I guess that that is the freedom, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, from where I stand, it's like, we could, we could train people to do a certain thing and then they could go do that kind of yeah. at a certain level, but we could give them all of the tools that we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they can decide where in the chain they fit, you know? Yeah. So it's like if we train them to work at Michelin starred restaurants, then if they work at Denny's, I use this example a lot, but yeah. then if they work at Denny's, it's because they made that decision and that's cool. You know, yeah. like yeah. it doesn't matter like what, what in the end makes you feel good about your life. It matters mm-hmm. that you are, you have the skill and the opportunity to make the decision for yourself. Yes, mm-hmm. that's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 
I just, I mean, I feel like I'm jumping in awe. No, but. no, I'm just in awe with my mouth open, being like, wow, yes. Yes, it's beautiful. I mean, one comment I just want to say is like the intentionality is like you truly are passionate about that. I think those are things that people, I think me as someone who go- attends and goes to dining establishments, I don't think of all the things that are involved. And also as we like also get to know Christ more too, it's like there are so many more complexities and things and gifts and the way that God has fashioned your eye to look at different things. I'm just in awe of mm-hmm. like, he has uniquely called you, like you said, in this unique body and this unique mind and unique story to be able to reach people in this way that not everybody can. And so I think, yeah, your discovery of your vocation and calling is just really amazing to watch from the yeah. sidelines, but also really encouraging too. Cause I know that process hasn't been easy. You know, there's definitely yeah. times I've been with you at that moment. You're like, yeah. I'm going to quit my job. And I was like, yeah, if God yeah. tells you, sure, yeah. but I, I'm not sure that's the total discernment process. Yeah, like, no, definitely. Yeah. It's been brutal, actually, yeah. at times, you know, and like, yeah. and yeah, it's interesting because you, because I think what's interesting in like what I feel like, especially moving into this new thing where I have like a very specific idea of the culture and the community we want we want to build with mm-hmm. the restaurant yeah. and like what we are what we want to do um is that i have i grew up in restaurants and you know historically they're you know tough tough places yeah. um, to to grow up in uh, right, right. though mm-hmm. tons of value you know um mm-hmm. for me um and you know seen and you know you like inherently develop habits that like you would have told yourself you never would have developed Mm -hmm. right Mm. or like become kind of somebody you never wanted to be and so like when when I realized why I was given the skill Mm. um or the you know the training or whatever um I I realized that to move forward I would have to let go of all those things Mm -hmm. and then pay I think a unique amount of attention moving into the future so that those same things aren't replayed for, Hmm. you know, Hmm. other people Mm -hmm. coming to us. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So not only like, like as much as you can be grateful for all the skills that you learned and all that along the way, and even to some extent, some of the great it taught you and like ability to persevere through hard times. Mm -hmm. There's also some cultural fixtures to the kitchen Mm -hmm. that you came up in. You just want to change. They're just right? not useful. They're not. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I believe it. Yes. Uh, I, yeah, it's 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 a yeah. dull knife, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, and and like it's interesting because like sometimes it's just developing a skill, you know, like the skill mm-hmm. of of like being able to to not react to something, mm-hmm. um, and to say like. So it used to be like when I would feel someone doing something wrong for like the tenth time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and I would want to get upset. Instead, maybe say the prayer like, you know, Father, remove my thinking and just um, guide me to what you would have me be, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so that like it becomes a moment where I get to show up for somebody instead of show somebody how they're not doing something. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that like hones my whole kind of thinking about about everything. It's like, OK, yeah. this now I realize that this is not about like whether I'm a good chef or, Hmm. you know, how creative I can be. That stuff is fun, but Mm -hmm. like, it's really about like how many moments in a day can I find to teach somebody something? Mm. um, That's so good. Bring value, you know? Well, 
gosh, Seth, like I, I know we get, we'll have to switch to Lisa here in just a sec, but, uh, you are launching a new restaurant called Osito. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I know you're not going to plug it, so I'm going to plug it yeah, for you. Yeah, we're going to plug it for you. Um, <laughs> I know it's not your style. You're a humble man. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, dog, that's fine. They can't tell. That's fine. what good friends are for, yeah. all right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. Launching yeah. launching a fine fine dining restaurant in, in San Francisco called Osito. I mean, you you got... The, the chef's pedigree worked at Michelin star restaurants, like this kind of thing. And like, I am so excited, mm-hmm. not only that, like you're bringing this humble heart that wants to be of service, but also a dimension of vocation is doing things excellently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I see you as a person who's invested in how to do things excellently. Um, and, and so like, I, I'm, I'm just like thrilled for the pop-ups that you're doing right now. <laughs> the location that you found in the mission. And then like soon enough when it's doors are open, I'm so thrilled to get to be there, man. So you try to make me cry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're, excited. We're yeah. just all in the room crying. Yeah. <laughs> all of us. Yes. Not Seth though. Yeah. Just, uh, just, just Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think before we go, is there anything that you would love to encourage our church about your, where you're at in your season of, of practicing vocation and also I think discovering I think there's a lot of part of our journeys as Christians that we continue to discover and like Matt said I just love that like weaving glory I'm like uh it's so inspiring to me in different ways so yeah is there anything you'd love to share um you know I guess like the where I'm where I'm at is um I I think that everything that it, you know, everything is made stronger through community. Um, and I think the Lord, um, you know, uses us in the, in the things that we build, um, in ways that we could never imagine. And so, you know, what I've, you know, it, it, it can be a roller coaster cause you don't even know, like sometimes I'm like, is the restaurant even the thing, mm. you know, mm-hmm. like you don't know if the restaurant's going to happen or not. You just know that God told you to walk in this direction mm. and, and God keeps, you know what I mean? Like just keeps saying, mm. take the next step, take the next step. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and the closer we get, the more it's like, Oh, Oh, you know, that thing I thought mm. it was, is a piece of something that's much bigger, you know, and it, hmm. and so my, I guess, you know, for the church, it's like, you know, the more we feel the openness to walk towards the, what hmm. God calls us to, the more surprised that we'll be. And those surprises are really delightful. You know, <laughs> it's like, Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. And I just, you know, I love it. Cause it, you know, it's, it's like, Oh, I want to open a restaurant. Oh, I want to build a community. Oh, we're going to help people. Oh, you know, it's just like the idea, it becomes le- it, like every step I take towards it, it becomes less about me and I can see more how, um, you know, the kingdom is, yeah. is, is you know, built around those yeah. things. Mm-hmm. It's like you were, you thought you were planting a tree, but you're planting a whole garden and like Dude. starting a whole city, the you know, hell? basically yeah. like, and I think that's yeah. um, part of the preparation God has for us as we, we walk in our vocation. He's preparing us for 
this future kingdom where we we rule and reign with him yeah over a corner of his kingdom just that small piece that we get to take care of Mm -hmm. and yeah and blessings on you as you do that yeah amen thank you all right so our next guest that we're sitting down with is elisa and i'll do a little intro for her because like she said she doesn't like to introduce herself (laughs) but elisa is not only our friend but actually a fellow former staff member i met elisa when i first joined staff Um, And the thing I love about Lisa, aside from her friendship, is that she has had the same vocation, but many different jobs over many different seasons in the last, what is it, seven years that I've been on staff. And so for this span of time, I've just gotten to live life and to experience um, Elisa's many different seasons, but also seeing how vocation plays out for her and her life. So I just thought it'd be great for her to come and talk with Matt and I and just share yeah. a little bit about her story and how vocation plays into that. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Yo, first question for you. So Jess said that there's been like many different seasons. Give us a little rough sketch. What are those seasons? Like what <laughs> what sort of things were you up to in different seasons of life? Well, when I moved to San Francisco how long have I been here for? Almost 14 years, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, I was at San Francisco State, and I couldn't work a lot of hours, so I still needed to go to school full-time, and so Mm -hmm. I started selling fragrances. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I was that woman holding out the paper, like, smell this. (laughs) (laughs) But you can knock it, but that paid really well hourly. That's great. (laughs) I really didn't have to work a lot of hours. I worked in the medical f- medical world and corporate, um, wow. and then I came to reality, and then I was a stay-at-home mom for a while, not working at all, um, and now I'm just kind of picking up, well, I've always kind of had little side hustle jobs all the time, like <laughs> wedding coordinator, yeah. <laughs> helping my friends with their businesses, or um, and now it's kind of moving into a new direction as my kids get older, working for um, our private school that my daughter goes to, um, and also helping my friend run her physical therapy business. So just feel like I'm a little jack of all trades, I guess. Like like Tarzan swinging from vine to vine. You're just like, I'll just swing till this one's... Okay, there's the other one. That's next season. It's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. So... um, uh, what, what are some of the things that you found in common in terms of like how you get to bring yourself to bear in those different spaces? Like, you know, bring your gifts, bring your personality. Um, I feel like I can get behind visionaries pretty well. Like, I'm like, tell me the vision, tell me the story, where do you want this to go? And I feel like I have the ability to like all of a sudden just see the chaos and see like pieces kind of floating and bring it together and be like, hey, and this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it, and let me just do it. <laughs> um, and let me Amazing. tell you what to do. And um, and having people come alongside me, obviously delegation and support, but um, yeah, my brain just kind of like sees how to bring something together and make it practical and to have it happen, come, come to life, I guess. That's so cool. Uh, I imagine like having kids and that ability to snap things into order is probably really, really valuable. <laughs> Not that you can exactly control that with children. Yeah. <laughs> no. Nope. But, yeah. uh, but in terms of like that, that thing that Jess was mentioning, that, um, 
that like you you're really good at getting things done you know and uh, this was a little bit before we hit record but like <laughs> and it sounds like there's just I'm not a parent yet so like I can't even imagine what goes into that fully um but uh, I'm curious because there's plenty of people who are taking care of kids in our church what is vocation like kind of like your calling um in in like loving and serving your kids raising kids what what does that look like for you mm, I mean there was some groundwork that went into before I had kids like um in my job that I was at when I was working in like this corporate um medical organization I was like okay this isn't a job that I can do and have the type of family life be the kind of mom that I want to be so mm-hmm. what is that that I could do and <laughs> still have that like balance so I quit my job yeah. <laughs> with no direction and I feel like in those two months that I wasn't working I feel like the Lord really um kind of unraveled my identity a little bit mm. So I think I a lot of worth was tied up into that. Um, so that was kind of yeah. like the first step of preparing for like having a family. And then I was like, I need some therapy. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Um, and that really helped just kind of like bring some things to light. But I feel like my main hope and desire just to glorify the Lord, like how I talk to my kids, how I love them, how I teach them to be kind and caring and to like seek the Lord. Um, You know, I desire that in their education as well. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And so the Lord provided an opportunity for me to work for this private school. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, because that's we want to be supported and shepherd our kids through the school, and so I just feel like, yeah, yeah, just want to glorify the Lord and see my kids glorify Him someday. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, I like we talked or Matt talked a lot about weaving glory, which I love that statement. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just keep repeating it all the time. <laughs> I did that a yes, lot that, in the sermon, yes. actually. Yeah, so. but weaving glory, and I think what you exhibited or shared about some of your experience of like making order out of chaos is like such a holy like weaving glory back into any space. There's chaos. Like it could be kids like you're raising your family I've been with your kids they're so fun but yeah it can be chaotic sometimes and then (laughs) not to mention you bringing your gifts into what your job is now too is like you're making it available to other families and other places and like helping and using your skills in that way so I just Mm. think that's such a cool way to exhibit like that gift and that is unique to you Elisa like not yeah there are not many people that can sort through that chaos <laughs> they get very overwhelmed too so mm-hmm. yeah I just think that that's such a cool um such a cool gift to to bring so it, it reminds me a little bit of uh like the spiritual fruit of faithfulness mm-hmm. um which sometimes people equate it with faith like taking big risks or something like that but also faithfulness is like seeing things through and it's like being reliable and like I'm going to be faithful to this thing that I have in front of me and I'm going to care for it and one of the things that I think is true about vocation is uh in a general sense God's calling us to be in our lives you know like to actually not step back from it but step into it and engage it whatever it is and um 
yeah. And I just think it's pretty cool to, to watch in, in your example of like, that looked like being in a corporate setting for a while. That looked like working for a church for a while. That looked like being a stay at home mom for a while, like investing in your kid's education. Like, and in every step, there's just like, I'm going to, I'm going to bring myself and spend myself in these different environments. Mm -hmm. Right. What do you think you've learned about, um, kind of following God's lead? Um, in those different spaces or, you know, over time? That's a good question. Um, you know, I think I've learned that I don't feel like I have this strong pull on my heart. Like, this is your one passion, your ultimate calling. Like, mm-hmm. this is what you're going to be, like, a master of. Like, you're going to, like, just know all the ins and outs of this. I feel like almost everything I've ever done, the (laughs) Lord has just kind of like presented to me, like, oh, there's this opportunity right here. Um, And it's always me just kind of saying like, yes, to see what he has and to see if it happens. Um, And, you know, in those moments, I'm like, oh, can I do that? Am I good enough to do this? Like, just remembering like, okay, like, no, like I'm probably not, <laughs> like, but, but, wow. but the Lord is going to equip me. He's already equipped me with everything that I need. Wow. Yeah. I just, I fully just trust him. Like, yeah. you know, I can strive and strive and strive all I want to try and get a certain result or get certain numbers or whatever it is that's needed for those jobs. But it's like, really like if the Lord's the one who makes that stuff happen like I just keep saying yes to him and trusting him to work out all the details for me yeah I think that's so cool you pointed out something too that I think often a lie that most of us believe about vocation Mm -hmm. is that one big burning passion yeah and I also think that you have just explained that it exhibited that it can morph into different things I think what's required is like just an open an open heart and Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there have been times that we try to force our way into thinking it should be something or it could be something. And, and it's a struggle. (laughs) Like it's hard. And we are definitely like, if we weren't open or attuned and aware of God, I'm sure it was even more difficult. Right. And I mean, I feel like you also explained kind of like, you're just really good at a lot of things. And I'm like, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> it's like it's kind of like the holy yeah. hustle, but like a redeemed hustle in a way. Mm. I like that the holy the hustle. holy hustle. Like uh, that, uh, trademark that I resonated with uh-huh. Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, being able to manage and juggle lots of things, and so I'm sure over time it's morphed. That's so true, and you know, um, I want to tease out that point mm. just for a sec about like the myth of the one thing. Yeah. That's the, I mean, it's like one of the common lies of vocation, Mm. um, is like, there's should be one thing that I'm called to and no, we're called to our whole lives. Mm. And if our, if my life was about one thing, I'd have the most boring life of all time. Right. Like (laughs) it it would not be good. It would not, I wouldn't be able to be a decent uh, husband and worker at a church and son and like all of it. Like I'm called to a holistic engagement of my life and that's true of everybody, right? So, um, as much as there might be things that, you know, like I, I mean, I would, I just, I just hope that we would all like have a suite of things yeah. that were just like, yeah. man, I'm invested in this and this and this, and I care about them, and I'm, 
I'm trying to juggle them because they're all, they're all significant and matter. And, um, and you know, maybe we shouldn't, I don't think we should have one thing. That's what, that's the, you know, to land the plane. (laughs) One thing like is a myth that actually trips people up and makes people wonder like if they, they have a a calling Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I, I just, I just don't think that's the way it actually works at all. So, yeah. Um, is there anything that you uh, that resonated from the sermon that you really like stood out to you, or something either to encourage our church um, stuff that you've learned as you're pulling out your notes? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my really good short term memory right here. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I guess like one thing that really stood out was, you know, when Matt talked about stewardship, mm. I love that because. You know, everything we have is a gift from God, you know, yeah. and when you're borrowing something from someone, you take mm-hmm. extra good care of it. That's what I tell my, my kids with yeah. the library books. Yeah. Like, don't break those books. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't break those ones. <laughs> True. Um, other people have to use them. Yeah. So, yeah, and I love just the thought of, you know, when we are given something to make it better. Mm. You know, I've heard friends mm-hmm. say, you know, if you someone borrows, if someone borrows your pan, before you return it, have some something prepared in it or mm. um I always love how Tark talks about you know making something a bit better than you found better it. than you found he always it. says camp campsite rules yeah. <laughs> good pastor Tarek on our stuff yes. I love it. so I like love that idea like I do that with like our home yes we rent it and I've have I dumped a bunch of money into like landscaping like yeah. yes yeah. but right. um you know I want to make something more beautiful than before I found it. And mm. so whether that's an interaction with a person or mm. um, my kids, I only, I mean, they're under my care, like temporarily before they're like adults mm. and like don't like me and are embarrassed about me. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but um, yeah, or jobs, like you just, yeah, I really love just the responsibility of caring for something God's given you because mm. it's precious to him and it's a gift to us. So to care for it well. That's good. I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with your agreement. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but both of our agreement of the Bible, which is like y- y- this parable of the talents thing where um, God gives something to these people, he entrusts it to them, and then they're, they're told to um, make more out of it, right? Uh, to a good return on the investment, basically. Don't just hide it away. Don't just do nothing with it. Like... Mm-hmm. Um, which is a big, actually, I think, vote of confidence from God in us that he believes that we can make more out of everything that he has give, gifted to us. Mm-hmm. And I think when we see see God that way as a person who does believe in us, as crazy as that <laughs> is, like to have the God of the universe mm-hmm. believe in us enough to gift something to us, trust us with something, mm-hmm. um, I, I draw on that for like, okay, maybe I am a little bit more capable than I give myself credit <laughs> yeah. for. Like, it, or if God believes it, then I I'll trust that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, even if I don't feel that way, right? Like, mm-hmm. I can trust God. Uh, isn't isn't foolish in entrusting things to me? So, um, yeah, I think yeah. it's important to keep in mind. Yeah, 
Um, before we close, we had a couple questions from our Instagram, which we really encourage because it's really fun for us to answer them as well. So fun. <laughs> but um, the first one is a calling can seem like a luxury to pursue only if you have a good and stable career. Is that true? Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, I'd love your two responses yeah. to this question too, yeah. if, if anything comes to mind, but like, um, yeah, the idea that like a calling is a luxury only if you have a stable career. Um, I, I, it almost feels like a semantic difference, you know, mm-hmm. like the definitions of words here or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, because sometimes we, we treat calling like, oh, this is, it's like the myth of the one thing again, like mm-hmm. this is the dream life. And the life I'm called to is this dream thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, in order to do the dream, it would require me to like, you know, not work or whatever it might be or uh, have a certain life before I could do the dream yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. And uh, I, I, again, I just think one of the biggest callings along with like for us to be with God um, is the call just into our lives in the state of whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's my first response to that question is almost like how, how we define calling are tempted to define calling as like the dream life or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, truthfully, like as Christians, um, that's not this, the way God calls us. <laughs> like, uh, part of, part of his call is to take up his cross and follow him. Mm-hmm. It's to be utterly gut wrenched. Um, as I said earlier, like, and, uh, see suffering in the world that feels like it's our burden to respond to. Um, that's one of the things that we are called to. Uh, and of course, like having, having a job, like that makes sense. Like we need some sort of gainful employment. We got to make life work, but mm-hmm. also that is part of the call, <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. um, so, uh, I, I guess that's like what I would, what I would see. And if we see calling as always a luxurious thing, then like it, yeah, then well, it, it, that's not a, how it works in my opinion, uh, or, or, or biblically, I believe. So, hmm. well, what are your thoughts? You know, like the idea of calling possibly being a luxury reserved for people who like have a stable career. What are your thoughts? I don't have a stable career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So I feel like, yeah, I think that puts it in a box too much. Hmm. I mm-hmm. think it, limits what God can do in your life. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I would say that I was going to say something like the power of God in that. And I think it hit on, I would encourage this person to kind of think reframing what calling actually is based on like the mandate of Christ. Like as we become followers of Christ, more like Jesus, like our calling is to become like him Hmm. more and more. And that does require some difficult things and also joyful things, but it's all the things together presently. Um, and I think when we think of things like a privilege or a luxury, like trying to sort that out, it kind of takes away this like human side of God and human side of us as people. Like Hmm. we don't experience, I just think we miss out on experiencing the fullness of God Mm -hmm. and the ways that he can meet us like in suffering and pain and, but enjoy and like all the things I'm like, Oh, we're intended to do that. And so, um, yeah, just encourage the person to like reframe that and 
be encouraged to like explore what that looks like. There's like room to explore that and um, try it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Great um, question. Great yeah, question. Yeah, that was a really good question. Um, okay, so our second person that we're not going to say who it is, Dave Lomas, <laughs> <laughs> says vocation sounds like vacation. Coincidence? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> yes, it's a vacation. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, my dream vocation is to not work. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be on vacation. <laughs> oh my yes, gosh. it's so true. Yeah. Uh, the, my wife, Lindsay, like we were just like, if we had alternative lives, you know, yes, like, what are, yeah. we would just like get into these conversations. She's just like, oh, I would just be a scuba instructor. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that would be the vocation, vacation, vacation, vocation happening at the same time for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, actually, like, I think this is a great segue to uh, what we're going to be talking about soon enough is like the practice of Sabbath. And mm-hmm. there is definitely a link between work and the need for rest in the whole economy of god so um that's a good segue there there you go dave there there you go dave there's your vocation vacation connection (laughs) you tried to stump us on this one but (laughs) but you did work yeah (laughs) all right well thanks elisa for joining us and thanks everyone else for listening have a blessed week Uh,